Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast that has to be the very best, like no podcast ever was. To review RPGs is our quest, to find more is our cause. It's the Pokemon Adventure Game this week, a Pokemon RPG. Oh, sorry, the Pokemon Junior Adventure Game this week, a Pokemon RPG. Yes, there is one, an official one even. Some disclaimers may apply. Anyway, prepare for trouble and make it double because it's System Mastery. think among the x-men you know the x-men I, I'm you sure. know the x-men hi everybody i'm jeff that's john welcome to system mastery john which x-man due to their mutations has the hardest time pooping okay so not just due to their diet no not due to their diet because otherwise it's just gonna be like wolverine or something that, that guy smokes like way too many cigarettes and drinks way too much coffee his shits are probably awful oh but he has that he has that healing factor which means his shits probably come out golden <laughs> He never gets the fire poops or nothing. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably just constantly has full-on liquid because of all the, the, the cigar and coffee-heavy diet. Oh. But uh, but sure, maybe he maybe because of his healing factor, he can eat whatever he wants and still poop normal. Yeah. But who's got, due to their mutations, just the worst time of it? Who's the least lucky X-Man when it comes to the poop? I mean, obviously, your mind immediately goes to Beast. Beast is definitely going to have a dingle problem, I think we could probably say. Yeah, you, you have to have your own personalized butt comb at that point. Yeah, he's got a butt comb. He probably has a bidet. Like Ooh, one, yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like he's definitely got... But those are problems that are... He only really suffers those problems because he's bipedal and therefore still has a gluteus like like humans do. He's got, a, he's got an ace. It's just that it's very full of fur. Yeah. If he were more dog-like and there's just like, you know, a butthole sticking out of the back of him, he'd be fine. Maybe he does. Mm, I don't think he does. I think he's got I think he's got a, a solid butt back there, doesn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. got he's got the glutes. So so presumably Arby's. <laughs> maybe he shaves to keep the pooping easy. I mean, I would assume you'd want to shave the butthole region if I, you're beast. I mean, that said, the fact that even the fact even if that was the case, like he could shave and it'd be fine. That means he has to shave his ass on the regular to poop, which oh, yeah. still puts him in the running for hardest time pooping. Oh, yeah. I mean, just that's a pain in the ass. Yes. Now, I know this is kind of a dark horse candidate, but I feel like Angel might need some discussion here. The wings are going to get in the way. He's going to have to do it. He's going to have to have an alternative sit. I mean, obviously, he's going to do the youth pastor. He's got to straddle that toilet yeah. for the wings to work. This is one of those things where you don't, the X-Men never cover this. You never go to the Gray Malkin Academy and there's just a line for the bathroom as each one of them has to poop in their own special way. Oh, yeah. There's just, there's not like, ah, men and women bathrooms. It's just, okay, what type of toilet do you need? <laughs> Do you take Are you a wing person? You get this type of toilet. Do you take giant banded metal poops? <laughs> Are you way too big? Are you like the blob or something? All right. guy. Yeah. You're you're too big, your poops are too big. You get this toilet. You need the uh the sized for livestock toilet. Yeah. There's probably plenty of, mu of mutants that need that too, you know. You're... Ooh, actually, blob, now that I think about it, mm. that guy's got to have a hell of a time wiping. I don't even know if any poop's going to come out of him. He, you can't you can't move the blob, or or maybe the blob can't move the blob either. Maybe the, the blob, blob has trouble with movements. Hey. hey. <laughs> that said, Fred J. Dukes, despite his uh, his definite problems with pooping, probably isn't an X-Man. 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so I don't know if we can count him. Yeah, you you did say X Man and not mutant. I did. Yeah, uh, I mean, not that I, I think there's anything wrong with considering various mutants. So that that definitely opens up a lot of questions about some of the the famed poopers of the Marvel universe. Yeah, like does the Shadow King just poop in people's minds? Just shadow poops. <laughs> he just shadow poops everywhere. <laughs> does Mojo even have a butt? I mean, bottom half of him is just robot. I would assume he's basically got a colostomy bag in there somewhere yeah so there's a lot of a lot of questions that folks we're, we're looking to you for answers which x-man has the hardest time pooping which has the easiest it's definitely nightcrawler he just teleports it out <laughs> he can't teleport individual parts of his own body that's not a part of his body poop is just sort of a thing that's in him right now he teleports in such a way that he leaves the poop where it was like can't dropping it a, like like teleporting when he had a comb in his hand and the comb stays behind nope he can't do that either nope hmm Fine. The X-Force member Locust can definitely do that, though, because she's one of those people who can teleport individual parts. Well, there you go. Yeah, so she's the easiest. She has the easiest time pooping. Her and probably Shadow Cat. I mean, I would assume probably Morph, because you'd be like, oh, yeah, oh I just make the poop turn into something else. Or yeah. I'd just be like, and there's a butthole on my hand and it drops out. <laughs> oh, this one hurts. I'll just make my butthole three times bigger. I'm Morph. Exactly. <laughs> Any shapeshifter, I feel, has to have a very easy poop time. <laughs> mystique. <laughs> you got full butt control. <laughs> it's one of the lesser-known mystique powers. <laughs> That's part of her mystique. Yeah. <laughs> but be because she's a bad guy, she makes it hard for herself to poop so she can have the pain to, to, yeah. to build her evils on. Oh, I'm so angry about oh. this poop. <laughs> Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about today. That's just what we talked about instead. Yeah, it's a man. It's a good thing we really started out this episode about a child's Pokemon RPG talking about pooping for as long as we did. I mean, let's that's get, how you hook the youngins. Let's get the big disclaimer out of the way here. This RPG is about the size of the instruction manual for a TV's remote controller. I mean, also to be fair, it is. One twelfth of the planned RPG. Yes. So why don't we start there with a little bit of history here? Um, because, I mean, normally we wouldn't do any research, but I had a question about this based on some of the stuff that came in the little tiny box. So this game is about the same size as a commander deck in total. Mm -hmm. It's a little tiny thing. It comes with a, a, a brick of some cards, a bunch of individual Pokemon tokens, and a single Poke coin also made of cardboard. Uh, that you're supposed to use for coin flip effects. Mm -hmm. It also comes with a pamphlet that is the entire role-playing game. Yeah. Well, I mean, given that the rules in this are exceedingly simple, most of it is the adventure and, you know, how to run and mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do and who you're fighting and all that. But back in the day when this came out, yeah. this was under Wizards of the Coast, mm -hmm. and this was back when... Wizards, for a while, had the license for Pokemon because they were also the ones putting out the Pokemon CCG at the time. Yes. Now, at some point, I assume probably right around here, Looks like they lost the license. Yeah, they lost the license fairly early because this is 1999. Um, so this thing, I think that means it predates 3rd edition D&D. Maybe. Didn't 3rd edition come out in 2000? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, so this is a really early thing. It's it's made by Wizards of the Coast, but also by Hasbro and Milton Bradley. Well, that's because they own Wizards of the Coast. Yes. 
So, I mean, it's kind of a neat thing. And well, normally you don't see the Hasbro license on the D and D books and stuff. I just, I know. Well, it's yeah, but that's there. because Hasbro, for a long time, did not want to associate themselves with that garbage brand. No, of course not. But certainly with Pokemon, absolutely they could. Oh yeah, yeah. If you can put Pokemon near whatever your brand name is, you fucking do it. I can see why this probably existed. I mean, this is this is old enough to be in a time when there were still those Wizards of the Coast stores and malls. Oh yeah, and the thing is. The way that the game works is honestly close enough to being like an intro to the Pokemon CCG. Yeah. That it's like, oh, we'll get kids that are even younger than the audience for the CCG could very easily understand and get into this. Mm -hmm. And then maybe they'll give us more money. (laughs) (laughs) So as John mentioned, the idea behind this little guy is that this was the intro, it's called Pokemon Emergency, uh, and that after that there were going to be 11 more boxes of Pokemon stuff, uh, presumably with the same kind of very simple pre-gen adventure that is the entirety of the little book it comes with, and more cards for more Pokemon uh, in, in each box. And we know this because one of the things it comes with, and this is definitely a great place to start talking, is a Pokedex. Uh, it's not called a Pokedex, it's just called a Pokemon Junior Checklist. Yes. Now... The cards that it comes with, I mean, it has a checklist for 150, but it comes with 22. Uh-huh. Uh, technically, more 22 Pokemon, more cards, because there are a few that have yeah. multiples. Yeah, notably, like Bulbasaur Pikachu. and Pikachu have multiples, so that you can have more than one player playing, starting as them. Because uh, the uh, the whole point, the, because it works just like the Pokemon games do, the the start of every game is you go to Professor Oak. He he lets you pick one of three Pokemon: Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Poke, uh, Pikachu, and, Charmander. Oh, is a Charmander in there as well? I'm sorry. Yeah. In, instead of well, that's the original three instead yeah. of Pikachu. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. No, no Pikachu. Although um, in this one they do allow you to get Pikachu because obviously if they didn't that would be an it would uproar. Be, it would be an uproar. Yes. But uh, only Pikachu and Bulbasaur have multiple variants. If you want to play as a Squirtle or a Charmander, they're they're straightforward. That makes me wonder if they had done research that, like, Squirtle and Charmander were the least popular of the starting ones, or Bulbasaur was the most popular. Because clearly Pikachu needed a double, because... You want more than one kid to be able to pick Pikachu because you don't want them fighting over it. Yes, you definitely want plenty of Pikachus for everybody. I mean, Pikachu's the one who, back in the old days of Game Boy Pokemon games, had to get his own game to correct for how the first Pokemon game gave you Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle. Exactly. They had to have a yellow instead of the red-blue just for that. Yes, he didn't have to go wander around high grass until you finally found a fucking Pikachu and then still kept him in a Pokeball and everything, despite what the anime told us. Yes. He hates it in there. He doesn't like it. Well, that one doesn't. I know. The other ones love it. Yeah. It's so spacious. It's their favorite. <laughs> they just love fighting. But yeah, it comes with this list of 150 Pokemon that you can catch. It's even it's written in checklist format. It's got like checkboxes next to them and so on. You can't catch them. There's 22. Yeah. The And I mean, again, it was supposed to be one twelfth of the full set. Yeah. So they would be releasing out things where it's like, okay, this was a very you know, early adventure, you're just getting getting your starters, you're going out and finding your first wild ones and so on. And that'll progress until, you know, you get to like whatever the last one they had planned where probably you find like Mew and Mewtwo and shit. Yeah, Mewtwo is in here. I do not see Mew. Isn't Mew number 150 and... One. Oh, he's 151, Mewtwo is 150? Okay. 
They go in reverse order. I don't know. Because Mewtwo is here. He's 150, but Mew is not. Yeah, Mew is not there. It may be that probably the last one was Mewtwo was there and Mew was literally just a deus ex Pokemon. It could be. Yeah, no one can catch and keep a Mew, but you can catch and keep a Mewtwo. Which seems mean given the entire idea behind Mewtwo was please do not capture me and use me. I am sentient. I do not want to go in that ball. I can actually tell you in your mind, please don't do this. I do not want it. And they're like, nah, fuck you. Well, maybe they just forgot to put Mew in there and 151 was originally supposed to be missing no. Ah. But yeah, uh, it's it's supposed to be that you're eventually going to collect all these boxes and be able to catch all the Pokemon. But And I don't know what happened here. That never happened. Instead, there's nothing but this first box and not that many copies of that. It's hard to get. Yeah, no, like I said, there was a point right after this came out where they lost the license because Nintendo eventually moved the CCG over to basically an in-house CCG like creator that they were doing Yep. because they're like, well, we don't really need to have someone else make the cards for us. We can do it ourselves. So Wizards lost that and that was basically the only reason they had access to the pokemon license in the first place was to make the card game yes so i assume they were like oh we've got this whole thing planned out for it and then as soon as this went to print they were like oh nope shut it down also you can't keep printing them so presumably that's why this is not the easiest game in the world to find oh yeah but but here we we find ourselves with a copy of the pokemon junior game this is a pretty fascinating little thing. Um, it's built very much around the idea of little kids. Yes. They, this is back, I, I'm guessing 1999 was early enough in the Pokemon life cycle that they weren't yet used to the idea that most Pokemon fans are lifers who are in their 30s. Yes. I mean, at that point, Pokemon hadn't been out long enough for there to be people that were like, I'm, you know, 35 and I've been playing the Pokemon CCG since it came out. Yeah. So instead, they've tried to aim this very strongly at, like, eight-year-olds. Oh, yeah. But it is still a role-playing game, and that's kind of interesting to see. An early Wizards of the Coast attempt to make a child-friendly beginner's role-playing game, and a beginner's in a way that Wizards of the Coast would otherwise never try. Normally, they hear beginners, and they're like, oh, you mean fighters? Uh. But here we see, oh, no, this game, top to bottom, aimed at little kids, very much based around a adult guide playing a bunch of little kids through a, through a story. Oh, yeah. And this is, I mean, especially the starter one, like I mentioned before, it's the very standard beginning of the game type stuff where it's like, all right, you meet with Professor Oak, you get your starter, you go wander into the tall grass and find your first wild Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And the bug collector kid, and he's like, I'll get you with my bugs. Yeah, eventually you run into whatever his oaks kid is mm-hmm. yeah your rival yeah the rival kid and he's like hey fuck you fight me yeah and he's like i've got a crappy pokemon and i'll never win ah. and it's gonna get real weird when these games get more next gen later on hmm. you, you played sword and shield and it's like you've got that buddy of yours who's also your rival oh yeah and you're like i feel so sorry for this guy i've had to fight him like 35 times and he never even comes close well because whatever you pick, he's like, I'll pick the one that sucks against that. Yeah. I'm your rival. And you're like, ooh, buddy, you goofed right at the start. Even then, it doesn't matter. You switch your Pokemon out immediately. He's just terrible. Uh. He just keeps being like, you and me, let's have a battle. Oh, you beat me again and not even close. Uh, I guess I got a lot to learn. See you in the next town. Yeah. I mean, at least with, I think it's Gary Oak, 
that kid was an ass, so beating yeah. the shit out of him was fine. Yeah, you feel real bad about the sword and shield friend. Yeah, because it's every your time friend. You, every time you kick his ass, he's just like, ah, I'm dreaming of being a great Pokemon master like my big brother, but you keep shoving me down. <laughs> every time I go somewhere to a new town, the gym kicks my ass, and then you do. Yep. It's great. And then, for some reason, everyone's like, hey, you random trainer, there's cool rare Pokemon up in the hills. You want to go get them for free? And meanwhile, I still have this fucking sheep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sad. <laughs> I feel like you're the protagonist or something. Something like that. Never get that I, keep, shit. I keep saying that I am, that I'm going to follow in my brother's footsteps, and like I've got this whole protagonist vibe going on and yet <laughs> what's it called a deuterotagonist or something if you're the second i don't know dude dude deuterino yeah you're the deuterino you're the dude that's, that's, <laughs> uh if yeah. you're not into brevity <laughs> the actual protagonist of uh of that movie of course was john goodman's character obviously obviously everyone always thinks that yes <laughs> yeah uh. i uh so anyway the game has very, very few rules, which is probably why we haven't started talking about them yet. I mean, it's very easy as far as being able to not only introduce kids to a like the CCG, but honestly, to role playing in general, because mm -hmm. especially when you first start, you've got one Pokemon. Yeah. Now, each of the Pokemon cards have a move on either side of the card. Yeah, you can flip it over. And flipping your card is something you do at the start of each of your combat turns if you want to. Yeah. So, you know, if I've got a Pikachu, I might have Growl on one side and Thunder Wave on the other. Mm -hmm. And at the start of the turn, I'll decide, all right, am I calling for him to do a Growl or am I calling for a Thunder Wave? Right. And the attack is just, you know, normally roll a die to see if you hit with the initial attack. Yes. So... Thunder Wave, you roll a d6, five or six means you hit for four hits because... Which is huge. Yeah. I mean, most things are nine or ten hit points. Mm -hmm. And then it also is flip the Poke coin, and if you get it green side up, which it's either green or red, yeah. uh, you get two more hits. Yeah, that's huge. That's that's the most damage for a lot of these cards. Oh, yeah. Be of course, it's because po it's of Pikachu. Oh, yeah. I mean... With uh, Growl, it's a three through six. Yeah. You only do one hit, but if you flip the Poke Coin, you can attack again. So technically, as long as you keep getting green on the Poke Coin, you could just growl a lot at someone. Yes, you can take someone out in one round through growling. Pokemon or a Pikachu is quite good. Yeah, I mean, and they all have basically that same sort of idea to either side. One side is going to be. Easier to hit, lower damage, mm -hmm. and then the other side will be harder to hit, higher damage. And yeah. that's pretty much all of them. Yeah, they're all very, very simple. Most of them are like, on a 4, 5, or 6, you hit and deal 3 hits worth of damage. And the other side, on a 2 through 6, you hit and deal 1 hit worth of damage. And then a couple of them take that formula and expand upon it a little bit. Either they add the Pokecoin for a little bit of combo extra damage... Or they uh, they do like, this does one damage, and it heals you for one damage. Yeah, you could get the, like, Bulbasaur leeching vines yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Chansey has one as well, where it's just, there, there are a couple of, of uh, Pokemon with heal effects. But that's about it. There's no, there, there's no other, you can't really stun anyone or anything. It's pretty much just 
roll dice each, and there's no initiative. So when you're doing Pokemon contests, which is the only kind of conflict that exists in this game, uh, you just do. Uh, okay, well, each of you, like, you're fighting a, I don't know, a Pidgeotto or something. There's a Pidgeotto over there. It rolls a die. You roll a die. You do them at the same time. You both resolve both effects. Uh, you re- you keep going until one Pokemon faints or runs away. Yeah. And if you've got more than one Pokemon, you also keep going until you're out of Pokemon. Yep. And there are set places in the adventure where you actually run into Pokemon centers mm-hmm. where you can revive and heal your Pokemon. Yep. Uh, but if it's interesting because when you go into a fight, either they are at full health or they are fainted because if your Pokemon doesn't faint during the fight, they just go straight back to full. You don't yep. have to worry about like trying to use a healing item or anything on them. So that's pretty much the entirety of the mechanics of the game. Uh, you, you have these little Poke fights, and uh, if you're fighting a wild Pokemon and you win the Poke fight against it, you gain that Pokemon. Yeah, and the way the wild Pokemon thing works is you just take your stack of Pokemon cards, shuffle them up and just draw one at random. And it's, that's who you're fighting. Yeah. Because all of them are nine or 10 hit points and have one of two attacks they can do per round. And they're mostly the same idea. There's no point where you're like, Oh man, what am I? I'm going to fight some, like Clefable or something, and I've got a starter Squirtle. Oh no, I'm screwed. Well, it doesn't have like matchup types as far as uh, like oh no, no ground and electricity. Yeah, there's none of that. There's no um, th- there, like I said, there's no stunning or or uh, yeah, like they didn't put like moves. sleep or yeah. poison or anything in there. Which no. I feel like maybe again that would be something in later. Uh, you know, ones of these, if it's like, oh, this is the sixth one, and now you're going to find, you know, some poison Pokemon, and we'll introduce the idea of doing that. Honestly, I think you're probably right there, especially as you look your, through the list of the 22 Pokemon that are in this. You see that they intentionally left out stuff like, you know, uh, Venusaur, Victory Bell, char- characters like that who actually use the spores and so on to do poison. Oh, or- yeah, most of the weird attack ones aren't in there. You're getting, yeah. you know your Pidgeotos and your Raticates and things like that. Yeah. But you're like not the, really getting like, oh, no one's running around as like coughing or anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can fight coughing, of course, because Team Rocket's in here. Yeah, you but, have to fight Team Rocket a couple of times. Yeah, which means you get to fight a bunch of copies of coughing and e-cans. But notably, you don't see like, uh, you know, the one I would expect to see is Jigglypuff. Like that feels like an obvious inclusion for first first round. But because right? Jigglypuff primarily in- inflicts sleep, and this game has no mechanism by which sleep would make any sense, yet, presumably it was supposed to be introduced in a later book, you can't get a Jigglypuff. Exactly. The rarest Pokemon that this game comes with is Pokemon 133, and I will give everybody 10 seconds while I keep talking to try and remember what their Pokemon order, before just saying that's Eevee. (laughs) Yeah, and again, Eevee just baseline, there are none of the evolutions there, Yeah, because I feel like that's also a hook for several things. Like, you might have had an entire Pokemon Junior box that was like, this is the Eeveelution box. Yes, yeah. Uh, although those, I believe the Eeveelutions are season two or, of Pokemon. I think Eevee, because after Eevee is just Vapor, no, it's they're the first two. Yeah, Va- Vaporeon, Vaporeon, Jolteon, Jolteon Flareon. Yeah. Uh, that's right. They, they started, they, they kept introducing more and more of them throughout the edition. Yeah, they, they just did. were like, all right, let's get other types of Eevee. Yeah. But notably, stuff like Oddish and Gloom and so on are gone because they would do something interesting and this game doesn't do it. Yeah. No, one of my, Eevee, by the way, is one of my favorite cards in the box. 
Uh, <laughs> rare Pokemon. I just one of the things that, that I like about this is it's clearly been written by people who are not Pokemon addicts, but are just rule designers instead. Yeah. So because each one of the cards is written like a Pokédex entry, it tells you the HP of the of the creature. Uh, it gives you their their moves on both sides. And uh, has the Pokédex Bitdex buttons and so on on there for like visual effect. There's also Professor Oak has a quote about every Pokemon. Yep. So for example, I've got a Bulbasaur in my hand right now, and it just says, "As Bulbasaur grows, the bulb becomes a large leafy plant." Thanks. Okay. But Eevee's is Eevee is the most unique Pokemon. Um, I feel like that's not true. <laughs> I mean, Eevee is a unique Pokemon in that it has like seven distinct evolutions. I think that's that's something about it that is unique compared to a lot of other Pokemon. Yeah. That said, I don't know if any unique thing could be called the most unique thing. Huh. I mean, like, mathematically, I, I don't know. It, it, unique means one of a kind, so everything that's unique is one of a kind. Can yeah. something be more one of a kind? Well, if it has more one of a kind qualities. Oh, very good. In which case, yeah, I don't think Eevee is that. I think you'd have to go to one of them weird god Pokemon or fucking Mewtwo, who's like a genetic mutant. There's not more than one of him. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I would say, honestly, if you were to gun to my head, let's do this. Gun to your head, All right, John. I'm going to put a gun to your head. Okay, let's do gun this. Gun to my head. Who was, the, who was the most unique Pokemon? Ready? Uh, it's fucking Team Rocket's Meowth. Dude can fucking talk out loud. No other Meowth can do that. The rest of them just say Meowth. Yeah. And he's still, even though they have a fucking talking Meowth, they're still like, ah, oh, we have to catch that Pikachu. He doesn't like being in Pokeballs. He'll be worth a fortune. Instead of like, uh, we have the weirdest Pokemon on Earth, the sapient talking one, we yeah. can sell this guy for $30 billion. Well, I mean, I feel like... How much would someone pay to eat him? They're all basically sapient. Yeah. Just but... none of them can talk. Yeah. Uh, well, well okay. except for also Mewtwo. Okay, but that said, this isn't really an arguable point. This is a gun to my head who's the rarest, or who's the weirdest Pokemon. I'm saying talking Meowth. John, gun to your head, who's the most unique Pokemon? I mean, it's it's gotta be Mewtwo in my mind. Okay, that's fair. Because Mewtwo is in my mind right now. <laughs> I am me, Mewtwo. Say me. <laughs> Say you. Say me. <laughs> Say it together. <laughs> but anyway, the, the little quotes are cute, but they're obviously written by someone who, you know, it's 1999, maybe just didn't have a ton of Pokemon knowledge like all of us do all the time now. Uh, Everyone on Earth walking around knowing what the fucking Oddish is. Oh, yeah. And I mean, at this point, I think the CCG had only been out for about three years. Mm hmm. So we were still relatively recently dipping our toe into the Pokemon licensed game stuff. Yeah. So I guess this is a very short game. Uh, the only thing you really do is you get and We don't have to be done talking about it yet. There are some other things about it that are kind of interesting. It's, it's oh, yeah. a very well written guided children's role playing game. I do also like that they decided to. For the most part, unless you're actually fighting something that is like the wild Pokemon that you're going to catch, mm -hmm. all of the scripted events, there's just a move that they do. So like when you're fighting Team Rocket, you don't have like, here's the card for Ekans, here's the card for Coughing. Instead, it's just, all right, Team Rocket has a move that does you know, two hits on a three-up. That's it. That's what they do. Yeah, Team Rocket will fuck you up, by the way. They're, oh, yeah. Because you fight both of their Pokemon at once. And, and then you, at the end, you have to fight all three. Yes, and it's just like on a on a four, five, or six, they do three damage to everybody participating in the contest. Yeah. They will fuck your shit. You have to be quick against the Team Rocket. But, I mean, they assume at this point, 
you've had the opportunity to probably get at least three, maybe four more Pokemon in your squad. Yeah. So if you go against them, you're like, yeah, sure, they'll probably knock out one or two of mine, but I've got a squad, my entire role-playing group has their squad, and you're all fighting at the same time, so it's fine. One of the things I like to see in here is... um Something you don't usually see. This is something that took me out just because it's Wizards of the Coast doing it, which is guided self or, or I'm sorry, guided cooperative world building, mm-hmm. which I really like to see. And I'd like to see more of it outside of this kid level. But the, a lot of the stuff is like you guys walk into a forest. What sights and smells do you encounter? Oh, yeah. Tell me about the things you see in the forest. What's in there? The DM section on this for the module, essentially, that is this game mm-hmm. being like, oh, you come into a town. All right, what's the town like? Who, what kind of people are there? Yeah. What shops do you go to? You let the kids do, do the designing, which is exactly what I think a good kid RPG does. Yeah. Um, and it, it does it very well. Like right off the bat, as soon as you finish having your practice Pokemon contest where Professor Oak has your ki- the kids fight each other with their Pokemon, uh, and then he, he free heals all of them so you can go off into the world and have a good time. Um, he's like, okay, now down that path is the way to Viridian Forest. You kids go to Viridian Forest and look for wild Pokemon, and you have a good time. And then the whole page is just like, well, the players head for Viridian Forest. Ask what's around them. Remember, there are no right or wrong answers. Praise all efforts and encourage participation and imagination. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could see one wrong answer if they were like, it's full of Articunos, (laughs) and all of them want to be caught. What's around you? Uh, no Viridian Forests. <laughs> There's no Viridian Forest at all. It's just Ho-Oh's as far as the eye can see. <laughs> and I don't know, rarer ones. I don't know any rarer ones. That big bug. It's, uh, you know, whatever gods. Yeah, the god ones. Like that that weird uh, bipedal elk with an orb on its horns. That guy's here. Yeah, that guy's here. I, I got him. <laughs> It's mine. <laughs> what do you mean he's season eight? I don't know what season eight is. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I, um, I I appreciate that. I mean, it keeps going. It's like it has this little section where it's like, hey, let your kids be imaginative. Do what you want. Here's some guided questions you can ask them. What do you see in here in the forest? What kind of animals live in the forest? Is it scary? None. There are only Pokemon. Animals don't exist. <laughs> are Pokemon animals? No, they're Pokemon. You, you think that they're they're indistinguishable? I would say yes. That makes sense that they are distinguishable from animals in a, in a couple of circumstances. I feel like Pokemon is a catch category that includes animals as a subset, but also plants and robots and ice cream cones and haunted lighthouse keys. Yeah, you know, there, there's all kinds of weird shit that makes up. Granted, this is this is season one Pokemon, or, or yeah, this is the original 150. I so don't, I don't think the original 150 has any like. Maybe there's a Voltorb or something like that in the group in the first group. I forget. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of goofy shit. Isn't Porygon Group One as well? Yes. So there's at least one virtual reality Pokemon as well. But yeah, I think there's less goofy shit in the first round. Like later on, they were like, "Sure, there's a flying ice cream cone. There's a there's a haunted anchor. There's I don't know. There's a, a chandelier, and it doesn't like you. A cart with a a, uh, a cart full of coal. I think is one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, why not? All kinds of weird shit. Yeah, we'll just do that. I mean, the closest you get is, I guess, like Magnemite. I was going to say, probably the Magnet robots. And then, I mean, you could make a case for, like, Geodude just being a rock with two arms. (laughs) Yeah, it's fair. He's a weird rock. 
But yeah, most of them were either, you know, based on some kind of animal or at least animal-esque. Again, yeah. coughing, wheezing, kind of a weird thing. But uh, yeah, I guess. So so anyway, you're, but, but for our purposes, you're saying that Pokemon are Pokemon and there are animalistic Pokemon, but there are but the Pokemon universe outside of humans contains no animals. Indeed. Or, I'm question, saying the Pokemon universe does not can- contain the idea of animal. Are, are humans in the Pokemon universe Pokemon? Yes. Okay. They've just rise, risen to a status where they capture all the other ones and, and do what they will with them. Yes. Hmm, interesting. This is my hold on. Welcome to my let's, TED let's talk. Get, let's get <laughs> TED talk. Yeah. Okay. We're we're uh, we're definitely doing a a, poke, a ponky talk. I think it's called <laughs> po- pokey talk. I I feel like there are now again. I'm not an expert mm, on Pokemon. I think you are. But I think I, I'm going to go ahead and officially grant you the status of Pokemon expert. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Good. So please do pontificate. So there are definitely parts of the Pokemon universe mm-hmm. where things that are supposed to be like this affects Pokemon affect humans as well. Okay, yeah, that's fair. And so when you look at it and you're like Pokemon as a descriptor mm-hmm. really doesn't make sense outside of essentially living things. Yeah, sure. It's just the catch all. I mean, it stands for pocket monster, but yeah. But there's a lot of things that aren't pocket. No, it's true. I mean, I'm granted they all fit in your pocket. Even if you have like a fucking one of the, a waylord or a tyranitar or whatever, you can still throw the three inch ball at them and they go in there. Yep. And uh, God, I want to say there's an episode where a human gets caught. In I was going to say that's really the question we need to answer here. Has there ever been a, a real example of a human in a pokeball? And if so, then yes, obviously people are Pokemon. Yeah, and presumably it's Brock and it's part of his fetish. <laughs> It's part of it. <laughs> I get in here and masturbate away from the prying eyes of these goddamn 12-year-olds I keep traveling with. <laughs> Who made them so puritanical? Let me score! God damn it. Just <laughs> let me get a little action. <laughs> let Brock have a taste. <laughs> By the way, new Let Brock Have a Taste t-shirts available at, uh, at our, web, our web store at Public. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Picture that ice cream Pokemon and then just let Brock have a taste. <laughs> That way, only uh, only you listeners of the only show, only the listeners, will know what the joke actually is about. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we definitely won't get sued for that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry; it'll be a really bad picture. <laughs> it'll look like just regular ice cream with like eyes on it. Yeah, and we'll have the logo for Proky Man. Yeah, Proky Moods. Anyway, where were we? Uh, humans count as Pokemon. That's your official. Expert opinion. All living things mm-hmm. are Pokemon. Which means that all the like grass and trees and so on in the universe is also Pokemon. Yes. It's just that they are non-sentient Pokemon. Or not... Yeah, I guess non-sentient. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could cut it down to sentient living things are Pokemon. Non-sentient ones are not. Okay. Because that way you can be like, all right, you have your grass and trees and... I don't know, probably bugs that aren't bee drills and Exactly. Scythers. Okay. Not that I think I've ever seen any yeah. in the show or anything like that. Well, I mean, things like that assumedly have to exist in the Pokemon universe that don't come up. For example, you know that your your, your stomach is full of gut flora and your eyes are covered in eyebrow mites. Yep. In that universe, do they walk around going, eyebrow mite? Can you hear them saying that in there? I mean, God, I wish. 
the first person in the Pokemon universe to like find bacteria. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, there's weird Pokemon swimming around in there. And then you get a little bitty mic and you put it down there and it's just like, ah, bacteria. Penicillo. <laughs> I'll name this one Penicillo. I guess it evolves into penicillin. I guess. <laughs> that makes the most sense. I mean, it's he's telling me. <laughs> Herpes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, okay, that's fine. I, I guess we're just going ahead and assuming that, that Pokemon exist all the way down to the microscopic level, but you have to not worry about it, because otherwise you become way too horrified about the, about the state of the world you live in when you can keep the cattle as pets that you can bet brawl with, but also make them into delicious Poke burgers. Yes, yeah. and you see that. You're like... Oh, look, here, I served up some meat. And you're like, my dude, cows don't exist here. What exactly are you serving me? And they're like, yeah, no, it's a fucking Toro mill tank or, or whatever. Yeah, one of, any one of the couple of cow ones. Yeah. Yeah. Or fuck it, one of the other ones that, that presumably are made of meat and are all over the place, even if they aren't. Oh, you yeah. know some fatty Psyduck goes for way too much. Yeah, exactly. And plus, you gotta, you gotta assume that there's like a whole secret market where you can eat the really human-y ones. Oh. It's just like... Like, if you go get a bite of Mr. Mime, yeah. <laughs> you're in the underground, baby. Yeah, you got to put a blanket over your head to eat your Machamp where God can't see you. <laughs> now Articuno can't see my sin. <laughs> but I'm a Machamp. I look like I have a mini skirt on. Yeah, I know, and I'm sure you'll be delicious. <laughs> yeah, great. Give me one of their arms. <laughs> Let me get a Gardevoir risotto. <laughs> But that's the hot one. Yeah, I, I don't know why. That's that's on you, buddy. That's okay. I need a MILF salad, so give me that Gardevoir. <laughs> I spent years knowing that Gardevoir was the hot Pokemon and having no idea what Gardevoir looked like. <laughs> like, I picked up the cultural osmosis from reading joke threads or whatever, and I was just like, okay, I guess there's a hot Pokemon, whatever. And then I finally got a picture of one. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with people? That looks like... That looks like a bullet bill with someone that's got a mannequin dress hanging off the bottom of it. Ah! But if you guys say so, uh, then I believe you. That's a that's a weird take on the description of Gardevoir. Am I missing something? Gardevoir is like like just pitch black face, right? No. No? Okay, maybe I've got my backwards in my head or something. Yeah. I tell you what, I'll look it up. You look up a picture of Gardevoir? That's fine. And, and yes, at this point, we are now mugging. We are done with the book. There's nothing else in there. I mean, we could talk about well, There's stuff. lots to talk about. I think we can talk about how this is the only Pokemon RPG and why that is. Yeah, there. That's oh, part of one. Yeah, like a white face. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's still, she still kind of just looks like a cartoon letter S, but I'm, I'm not... Like, she's going to come I mean, in. you get the higher res ones, and it starts getting more human-ish. Where's her other eye? I'm creeped out. And now let me find some porn. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, anyway... Yes. Find me one where she's forever really deletized. No, that's only for Pikachu. <laughs> you think the you saying the Gardevoir can't have a permanent ham, cheese, and bologna tongue? Indeed. Uh, well, and love it. <laughs> that's too bad. J.C. Denton can have that. Yep. I don't even know who that is. I think he's the guy from some game. Uh, Deus Ex. Deus Ex. Okay, that's fine. But he also likes to have a permanent rope of cheese around him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where were we? Not talking about deviant art. Let's talk about why. Uh, Pokemon does not have a, another role-playing game. And let's move beyond just the obvious that Nintendo is not in the business of making role-playing games. Yeah. Uh, so why is it so hard to just make a Pokemon role-playing game? Well, I have two answers for you. Uh, so the first one, the sort of most practical one, is Nintendo 
is so like very overseeing, very protective mm-hmm. of the Pokemon brand. Yes, they absolutely are. And because, like you say, they're not in the RPG making business, they would have to give it to someone else. And the idea that they would do that for them, I feel they're like, nope, if we're not doing something in-house, we're not doing it. It won't make enough money to be worth it for them. I think that's a big part of it. But I mean more on the kind of primeval design level. Oh, I know. That was the number two. Number number one is there isn't one because Nintendo will not make it. Yes. Okay. Logistically, it's impossible to make one. But on a more design scale, why is it so rare, hard to make a Pokemon RPG? Well, mostly because Pokemon is different things to different people, and what it means to be an RPG is different to different people when it comes to this. Yeah. There are people who, when they, you know, think about what would I do with a Pokemon RPG, they just immediately think, how can I literally translate the game onto a pen and paper. Yes, that seems to be the number one thing. Like I, I was talking we were talking about this before the uh before the show started that one of my personal favorite things to do because I'm a glutton for Schadenfreude is to go around the uh the internet and look for like discussions on on RPG threads about what people want from a Pokemon game because it is always a dismal fight. Oh yeah, and I mean you have on the one extreme, the people who are like, oh, I want it to be actually for real, just the video game. Mm-hmm. I want pure random chance for maybe I'll get, you know, a shiny Pokemon or a rare one. Yeah, it's not a real Pokemon RPG if I can't spend three hours wandering around the tall grass in front of Professor Oak's house until I cast a glittering Mr. Mime or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, the same thing of like, oh, well... I only want to be able to catch a certain thing in certain areas and certain weather. And there are more technical machines to exist and all that other shit from the early games. Oh yeah. And then of course you need every single thing that every Pokemon can do Mm -hmm. to also be mechanically represented. So not only all the strengths and weaknesses, but every move type that everyone can do should have their own write-up. All the breeding mechanics need to be fit, be represented. Yeah, and so that is the extreme simulation on one end. The other end, you got people who are like, oh, I just want to have the fantasy of being, you know, a kid running around finding some Pokemon, and I'm not worried about, you know, is ev- is the fact that I found like an Eevee in this spot going to ruin my immersion because they don't spawn there normally. Right. So basically what you're really running into is a problem between completionist simulationists and like people who just want to make a game out of it. Now for me, I feel like one of the things missing here, uh, in the Pokemon junior thing is some of the more complex stuff. And like we mentioned could have been coming. Yeah, they could have been later. You could see status effects and perhaps even the uh, attack types. Now, for me, I feel like that's where you'd get drop the junior would be the part of it where you get into like Pokemon advanced mark. Well, you get into like the electric and water and fire and all the different types. And I feel like that's something you'd only want to worry about for you know, non-little kid players. Right. Because you don't want... For the little kid, you want that Ash 
mentality. You want the, I can solve literally every problem with Pikachu type matchups do not matter. No, Pikachu's I tell this best. motherfucker to Thunderbolt and he Thunderbolts. Yeah. Pikachu's the best Pokemon in history and every one of his moves immediately kills whoever he's fighting. Yeah. And little kids want that to be the case. Yeah. Every little kid is going to have whatever Pokemon is their favorite. So yeah. if they're like, no, 100%, the Pokemon I love best is like Butterfree or whatever. That's my favorite. I want to fight anything with my favorite. And if you throw at them, they're like, oh, well, this is a bad matchup for you. And you immediately lose. That's a feels bad for the little kid fantasy. But I feel like for the more like I want this to be a little bit more like the game mm-hmm. grown up fantasy of playing it, you're going to want more strategic options and things like that. You'll want the wheel. Like, notably, I feel like they couldn't add the wheel to this game. No. Like, because yeah, I'm holding a Raichu card right now in my hand here. Raichu does not list it as lightning type or, I'm sorry, electric type. So unless they did a re-release that included the, the type mechanics, they've already kind of, that ship has already sailed for this game's design element. Uh, but I feel like if you wanted to hit a Pokemon game, you, you probably want the wheel... But the problem is, that's the kind of shit where in a video game, you're just playing smart. If you're like, oh, I have to go fight water-type Pokemon, I'll load up on whatever's good against water. In a role-playing game scenario, that's more boring than if you're like, oh, my character has an answer to everything, and I'll just use the answer to everything whenever I need to do anything. It, it doesn't It doesn't really work with the usual push-pull methods of role-playing games. Yes. You have to choose strengths and weaknesses and play by them. And I think it would be an interesting thing since we're just theory crafting at this point I, at anyway. This point, clearly we're designing the world's first functional Pokemon game besides this one. <laughs> I feel like one of the ways you could do that yeah. uh, would be to pick your type at the start. Oh, so like if you're, you're a gym like, leader. Yeah, you're like, I am a water Pokemon trainer. Yeah. And you could say like, yeah, sure, I've got like three water and a flying mm-hmm. that isn't a water, but... I have a whole bunch of these special perks and things I can do that only apply to that. So you are incentivized to sort of focus on one thing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you have, you, basically, you either have the carrot or the stick in that scenario. You can either punish people for taking Pokemon outside of type, or you can reward them for staying in type. Or you could probably do the same thing that like specialist wizards in D&D do and be like, all right, you're a necromancer, so obviously you know necromancy, but also the two schools on either side of necromancy, you kind of know them too, and it's fine. Like, if you're a water guy, maybe you have flying on one side so you can have all your Starmies or whatever, and ice on the other side so you can have all the the combination between those two. I assume there's a walrus one. Um, I mean, there is. Yeah, of course. Uh, and just so so you have a little bit of flexibility without all of it being the case. But ultimately, players want the the uh, the completionists want the game to be like, oh, I'm Ash. I'm playing as Ash. Ash can collect every Pokemon if, if he wants to. And if you just spend the time on it, you can catch every Pokemon in this fucking game. Yeah. And if I think that is the other big thing is, do you want to design a game that is about collecting them all? Yeah. Or one that is about the story of being a Pokemon trainer and going around and doing that? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like those are very much at odds because they're both on that, those two extremes that I mentioned. Yeah. The collect them all is like, well, I have to be able to find every single one of them and I have to be able to get all of them, even if it makes no sense, because that's the point of this game. But if you're like, no, the point of this game is you're going to have like 
three or four Pokemon that are your favorites, Mm -hmm. those are the only ones you will ever use because you are a trainer that bonds with them. Yeah. And you're going to go into every fight with those motherfuckers and try to win with them. Yeah, like, you you know that uh, Ash does pick up a, a, a coterie of Pokemon over time. Yeah, he like has, the at the end, by the end, like, four or something that oh, he he's has. Like 12 by the end of it all. He's He's got tons of them, who and, and several of them come and go as well. Notably, Misty and Brock also have Pokemon, and they have less, and they but they even they still add some from season to season. But they never, like, Ash is never like, even though his whole catchphrase is, I've got to catch them all, he's never like, oh, I'm going to take this fucking Pidgeotto with me because I'm a fucking completionist, a checklist Pidgeotto, get in a ball, you'll come out if I ever fight anything that flying type is strong against. Bye. I mean, and again, I think in an RPG sense, you could say you can only carry four Pokeballs at a time. Right. Or so even go- if you want to try and catch them all, yeah. you're only going to be able to wander around with four of them. Right. Or six, because that's kind of that's where the video games always stick you. Is six. Eh. You build that Poke party. Um, the video games, of course, the thing is, it's it, it's that poop-socking mentality that people seem to keep wanting to try and move back over. And I'm again, I'm not saying poop-socking mentality to be derogatory. I should probably just say completionist. But the whole thing where you're like, well, I've caught every Pokemon and I know what the next part of this game is, so I'm going to go get a bunch of dragon types and, uh, and I'll train them up a little bit by wandering around the woods, leveling them to 40 or whatever. And then I'll fight this and then put them away and never use them again. In a role-playing game, that would be immensely boring. Yes. Um, and, and also strange in, like, a story as well. Yes. Because it'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm the young kid and I've got to go do this tournament and I got to go to the fire gym and you're like, well, I guess I'll go find some water Pokemon. I'm going to hang out and just fuck around and fight some people until they level up. And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's not going to work. The, f- <laughs> the tournament is in two days. You don't have enough time to do that. Yeah, exactly. The, the RPGs need to have more of a time scale than video games do video games. It doesn't matter if you spend all your time power leveling, doing all the side quests so that the, the main story is, it's your game. You're playing it by yourself. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. It's one of those things where, yeah, the game tells you that the world is going to end tomorrow, but you are going to spend hours just fucking around. Yeah, except, except in Majora's Mask. Every other game, it's, <laughs> I guess, one minute RPG, that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I think it's possible to build a Pokemon game. I don't know that you're ever going to build one that could please everybody. No, and I think that's the thing you have to sort of come to a acceptance with mm-hmm. if you were trying to build say an indie like this is a pocket monster game not pokemon tm right you'd have to decide what am i trying to do yeah. who do i want to play this because if you try to make a game that's like this will be everyone's pokemon game you will definitely have people that are like no fuck you yeah i mean cla- honestly you should be able to play pokemon and all of those anime the role-playing game things that people keep making for some reason because <laughs> pokemon's an anime how could i and yes i know that in, in big eye small mouth and so on they are definitely pokemon supplements i'm sure they're they're out there they exist they're just not called pokemon because the license is hard to get exactly uh but yeah it's it's an interesting topic of conversation, and it's one of those ones where when people ask what role-playing game should exist, Pokemon is pretty near the top of the list. There's nothing more toyetic than Pokemon. Yes. I mean, my answer is always Jurassic Park. I feel like Jurassic Park desperately needs a role-playing game. Does it? I think so. I think it, I think it would do well with a role-playing game. A game of, it'd be like a horror survival thing. You mm. get to play with a bunch of interesting real dinosaurs, and it's amazing to me that they never tried. Eh. Um... Well, I, I'm sorry. What would your answer be? What 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 property should have a role playing game that doesn't? 
Oh, probably Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> I feel like that'd be a pretty easy PBTA to build. <laughs> yeah, just my like, playbook is Zack. Yeah, either of Zack and Cody or, I don't know, their, for, their parents or whatever. Goofy Parent is one of the playbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could prob- honestly it'd be probably easier to skip Z- Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and just build a PBTA that's like daytime Disney Channel tween TV, the po- the PBTA game. I mean, probably. So you can play as an iCarly or a Wa- Wizard of Waverly Place or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I mean, the of course, up until the point where everyone realized that she was the worst, Harry Potter was the one that everyone would be like, there should be an RPG for this. Yeah. And I mean, it's still amazing that there isn't even now. It's getting more amazing over time because as she loses cultural cachet... It's surprising that she's not trying to cash in while she... I mean, granted, it's because she's a billionaire. Yeah, she doesn't need to cash in anymore. No, she's fine. She can do whatever. She can spend all of her time telling people that, yes, there was a... Uh, I forget. There was a uh, a person that they, that she added to... to uh, she was like, are, are there any w- uh, wizards that are, like, blind or whatever? And she's like, yes, there's this one. He's this. He's in Ravenclaw. There he is. Like, she'll just make him up on the spot to, an- to answer those kinds of questions. People yeah, like, Blind O'McGillicuddy, famous Ravenclaw, not in any of the books or supplements or anything, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember what it was, but I saw one recently They were like, where someone sent her a tweet that was just like, hey, my girlfriend and I wanted to know, is there X type of person represented as a wizard? And she's like, yeah, Andrew McStupid or whatever. He's in Ravenclaw. Go ahead. And then it was like a bad answer. Like, the people who got the answer were like, oh, that, that, that's not the answer we wanted. We're sad now. Oh. <laughs> I just can't remember what the hell was the guy's specific thing. Eh. Yeah, who cares? But yeah, I mean, most of the things that I would say uh, license-wise should have an RPG, most of them really do mm-hmm. uh, or are getting them. Yeah, well, Jurassic Park. I'm telling you, it's it's harder to think of one that, that both could and doesn't than it is to think of one that's had one before and it failed or something. Yeah. Like, yes, obviously Ghostbusters should have a better RPG than it does. Ah. So should Men in Black. Uh, basically, the Master System or whatever that was should not be allowed to have... No, those those are both by West End Games. They should not be allowed to make old role-playing games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you the whole world of Master Book system... Also a problem. ...to just grab random cheap licenses. They don't have much. They have, like, Blood Shadow and Tales from the Crypt and Tank Girl. Yeah. But uh, should Tank Girl have a better role-playing game than the Master Book one? No, no that's it, about as good as it deserves. It, it rose to the correct level, if, if you if you want my opinion on that. <laughs> no, I think, you know, some of the more famous ones, like Transformers, stuff like that. Yeah, Transformers doesn't. G.I. Right. Joe. Yeah. Like, the the old 80s, this was turned into literally anything we could possibly sell cartoons. Yeah. The fact that they didn't get an RPG is like... That's kind of weird because they were so all about, we will slap this shit on anything we can sell. Did Modifius get their hands on a Transformers? Is that happening? I feel like that should be one of the ones that's like about to happen. You'd think. No idea. I mean, I understand why it doesn't. Transformers, for all of the toyetic nature of it and the fact that there's a bunch of like, you know, uh, characters you would want to recreate and play as in the Transformers universe. The, the problem is transforming and being a 20-foot robot both need to be primary mechanics of the game. Yes. And transforming is such a, like, a huge change. If you're like, well, my, I'm playing this fucking Starscream, why would I ever turn into a robot? That's so dumb. I'm just going to stay five miles away from everyone and kill them with sidewinders. Yeah, like, well, you is- don't have that many. 
I'll kill a few and go home. I mean, fuck it. I'll come back tomorrow and do it again. Up yours, everybody. I'm fucking mm-hmm. Starscream. You shouldn't have let one of us turn into an F-14. Yeah, well. Let, let alone four of you us. You also shouldn't have let Jeff play your game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one who thinks like that. If you're like, well, I could play as Optimus Prime, or I'll play as Bumblebee, and he can turn into a VW bug. Stand back, world. I'm a Volkswagen. Who are you, Astro Train? You can turn into a giant train or a space shuttle? Shit. Well, obviously, there would be limits. <laughs> you wouldn't be playing the game where it's like, all right, well, one of you is Destructor, and the other one of you is, I don't know, a motorcycle. Okay, first You're of RC. All, first of all, first of all, Destructicons. No. Destructor. <laughs> I want to play as Grimlock. Grimlock and the, and the primals in general are kind of like, well, what do you do? Well, I can turn from a robot into a robot monkey. Uh, does it change any of your abilities or anything? It does not, no. Oh, no, Optimus I, Primal. Everything I can do as a, as a gorilla robot, I can do as a not gorilla robot. It's This was a dumb idea. <laughs> Shouldn't have done this one. <laughs> this, <laughs> our writers made this one up, and I wish they hadn't. <laughs> I, I know a lot of you grew up on the fucking uh, Predacons and Primals. Get them and, fucking Waspinator uh, in there. Fine. I recognize that they're very cool toyetic robots. I just like every time I watch Optimus Primal, I'm like, what's the fucking point? He turned from a bipedal guy into a different one. Yeah, he turned turned from some animal that looks like it would kick your ass into just a dude who can kick your ass. <laughs> I get it. It's still better than like that one where they have to get powered by little girl kisses. That's <laughs> fine. There's already oh, a Nate Deer in Star- in Transformers. We, we we're up to speed on that. It's called uh, I think Kiss Players. Woof. Transformers Kiss Players. Didn't leave Japan. Wonder why. Weird. (laughs) Optimus Prime cannot transform until he has enough little girl kisses. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. We're good. (laughs) Anyway, you want to do your favorites and least favorites? Oh, yeah, of course. Great. Let's get to it. John, what's the best thing about uh, the Pokemon Junior Adventure game? There are a lot of things to like about this yeah uh for such a simple game uh one of the things we didn't mention and that i actually really like is with the ones that have multiples like the two pikachus or bulbasaurs or whatever yeah the two cards are different very different they're not just dupes yeah you don't just have like oh you both have the same pikachu or whatever yeah one of them has you know thunder wave and one of them has thunderbolt Mm -hmm. one of them has growl and one of them has quick attack so you get an interesting way to play because you're going to have these options and even when you pick your first one like you get your starting pokemon both of the pikachus and the bulbasaurs are out there so you can find like Oh, do I like this one more or this one? Yeah. And by the way, since I'm holding a Raichu, I can confirm ba- that he's a copy of one of the two Pikachus, and he's better. So that Pikachu who's like, oh, on a five or six, I do four hits, and then I flip the Poke Coin to see if I do two more hits. Raichu is like, fuck you. If I hit the five or six, I do six hits full stop. Wow. No the Poke other coin. Raichu uh, has a five, six, three hit flip for three hit. Yeah. So the Raichus are genetic or generically uh, improvements over the, the Pikachus, which is a rarity. Normally, Raichu gets the shaft because Pikachu's so fucking famous. Yeah, I like uh, the idea of having the multiple cards for the same Pokemon for variety. Sure. But also it means you have the ability, if you really wanted to, to be like, 
oh, I can teach my Pokemon new moves by just getting a different card. Ooh, yeah, you could pretend that that's one Pokemon. Yeah, so if I got both Pikachu cards, I'd be like, all right, I take one of these, uh, flip it to one side, so now I have four moves to pick from, mm -hmm. but you're still just doing the same, you know, nine-point health bar. It plays like two Pikachus, because you, you still have nine health for Pikachu, so you could have one faint and then have another one come in and those two other moves. But you could you could always just play it as oh yeah well at the beginning of each one of my combat rounds I can switch Pokemon if I want so you can just be like well I switch Pokemon flip whatever side I want and it's my Pikachu knows four moves and theoretically has eighteen health because he's leveled up to the, the badass Pikachu. No, I I just like the idea of it's nine health. You just have all four moves oh, available. Oh, you're house ruling, but I like your I like your Moxie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is I like the the idea of the multiple cards because it also gives you multiple ways to evolve yeah it gives you multiple ways to learn moves mm -hmm. it's it's just a good idea for a very simple game when you're only dealing with a every single thing has two powers mm -hmm. to not make it super samey okay that's fair so I there you go smart. yeah what about you what's your favorite thing uh, my favorite thing is going to be in the book itself and it's going to be the dm guided player led approach to describing the world yeah i think that's a very smart way to get kids engaged in role-playing games and to prime them for playing better role-playing games in their future oh yeah and yeah, I, the fact that it's led by the person who's running it means that even if someone doesn't have like a very fleshed out idea you can kind of like ask more questions mm -hmm. tease out stuff i really like that and I, I want i want a generation of players to grow up being like well i expect to have a more of a contributing factor than, like, I am drawing a map that you already drew. Yeah, a little more agency. Yes, and I, I like I appreciate that because the more comfortable players are with describing the world around them and answering questions about what is in the world around them and so on, the more likely they are to grow up into nice, good DMs to, to run your games for you. Yeah. Uh, so, so you should always be doing everything you can to strengthen those muscles in players and DMs. And here we see it being done at, at, a, at a young age, which I really appreciate. So there you go. That's my favorite thing. What would you say is your least favorite thing about this game? Oh, least favorite thing about this is probably, I mean, I don't want to say that it's <laughs> just one twelfth of a game. I know. Because it's not the game's fault. No, no. This box was made earnestly with the intent that there were be, would be more. They were pretty much right to think there should be. I mean, this is a straight-up cash cow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they didn't lose the license, obviously they'd be like, no, clearly we're going to print as much of this shit as we're we can. We're all 12 of them out, and by the time we're releasing the fourth one, we're going to have an advanced version for adults as well. And then, of course, by the time we finish the 12, there will be some new game out with a whole new thing that we can make a new module the for. The next generation of Pokemon need their, their Pokedex cards. This thing had legs. It's it's that Nintendo pulled the, the rug out from Wizards of the Coast. And frankly, given my opinion of Wizards of the Coast, I applaud them for it retroactively. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I'd say the worst thing in the game for me is... Uh, I feel like the, the full randomness of the wild Pokemon encounters yeah. is... I don't want to say I'd rather it be full simulation of like, oh, you can only catch these things in these places. It would be nice if it was possible to do that, to, to curate the stack of cards so that you're like, oh, we're looking for them in a forest. Here's the forest Pokemon stack. Well, yeah, because then, you know, the game says when you go into the wild grass, it's like, all right, take one card per player. They each get a fight. Yeah. And if you manage to like rando draw and you're like, ah, great. This one dude is fighting, you know. A, a 
Caterpie. Okay, great. And this other person is fighting a Raichu who is better and has better stats, and if they win, they just have a better Pokemon. That said, the Raichu is using its regular moveset, so it could be pretty dangerous. Yeah, it's just, it's one of the things where I'm like, it's having the ability to just randomly stumble upon a more powerful Pokemon, especially if you look at this as eventually being a 150, being like you walk into the tall grass and randomly find Mewtwo. That's weird. <laughs> that mechanic, I feel, isn't the greatest thing in here. So that's me. Leave me alone. I'm trying to sleep. Oh, I'm taking a whiz in the tall grass. Get out of here. I got drunk at 10 a.m. and I'm living the consequences. Oh, I'm the Pokemon that has the hardest time pooping. <laughs> There's your follow-up question. Which Pokemon has the hardest time pooping? <laughs> Voltorb. I'm going to go with Scyther. Because I feel like, like Scyther is just humanoid enough that he's got to sit down to poop, but he's just bug enough that he's got scythes for hands, which makes it hard to wa wipe. I mean, you ain't going to wipe if you're Scyther. Let's be honest. <laughs> you ain't going to wipe if you're Scyther. Now available at our store at tpublic.com. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Worst thing for you, Jeff. Uh, my least favorite thing in this game... I mean, given that there aren't a lot of things in this game. No, it's a very simple game. Um, I, I'm probably going to go ahead and say that it just doesn't have enough in it. The fact that it's only got like 22 Pokemon. I know that it's because it's th that's the whole thing where you don't want to say that this is one twelfth of a game or whatever. But I, I wish this had a little more and a little more complexity just in general. Not much, just a tiny bit. I mean, I can definitely see the idea of... They probably should have started out the first adventure being maybe like 50 of them and yeah. then the rest of them smaller editions. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the secondary. Yeah. I mean, notably, almost all the Pokemon you fight are like gym leaders and so on. You can't get them, but they're in this game anyway. Like you can go fight an Onyx and an Ecans. Well, yeah. Brock is in here as a gym leader. Yeah. It's just he has an Onyx that instead of being a card in the game, because Onyx is not one of the ones you can catch. Yeah. It's just on the sheet in the book. He has a move and that's it. Yeah. I, I mean, if I wanted to really spe specify, I would say that my favorite gen one Pokemon, Mr. Mime is not playable in this game. You can't catch him. Give me a Mr. Mime. That's Mr. all Mime. I'm asking. Just a, Mr. Mime. And not just cause I kind of want to eat him. Not, not just. just, just, but you know, yes. And, <laughs> Gonna eat all the Gen 1 humanoid Pokemon. Mm, That's my delicious. goal. Give me a big old bite of that Snorlax. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I have to imagine that that would not be very good, though. You think Snorlax would not taste good? No. I feel like he'd probably taste best out of the Gen 1 Pokemons. Really? I mean, he's big and marbled. He's like eating Kobe beef. Ah! Okay, fine. If we're not discussing which Pokemon is the hardest time pooping, out of Gen 1 Pokemon only, which one's the most delicious? Ooh. Well, that's gonna really depend on... Uh, your preferences for food, because obviously something like Krabby or Kingler, if you're into that, is going to be delicious. Yeah. I don't like crab, so it wouldn't be me. So your shelters and so on are, aren't really in you, because you're not a seafood person. Exactly. Okay. But, you know, you look at something like, say, a Rhyhorn, I think would be pretty good to pretty good eating on that okay obviously a tauros is just gonna be a burger is that is tauros even in gen one i think it was like gen four or something nope tauros is one of the originals huh okay but uh i think those are gonna be the ones you're really looking at i i think that's fair and uh I'm, and then of course psyduck yeah psyduck is of course delicious because he's a duck 
And he's a big fat duck. Too. Exactly. Because once you go to Gold fat. Duck, he's all skinny and looks emaciated. Yeah. I'm like, there's no good eating on that duck. Yeah, you really want all that duck fat to render and flavor the meat. So I oh, think yeah. Psyduck is definitely way up there in terms of delicious. Like, you got to prepare them right. But yeah. 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 I do like uh, crab. So I might have gone with Kingler or so. Or, or whoever. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think you're probably completely correct that. If I'm not just choosing my choices because I want to anger the Pokemon gods, yeah, which means I'm not choosing like Hitmonlee or Drowsy or whatever, or literally just being like, yeah, Zapdos, fuck you, I'm gonna eat that. It's the most <laughs> delicious. Ooh, fiery! Give me that Moltres. <laughs> There's only one of those. Yeah, there yeah, used to be. I'm gonna have a Mole Trays over here. If <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna need a barbecue now. <laughs> Uh, drink, wash it down with a Zapdos Eki. Hey, hey, there we there, go. We all, got all three. We did it. We got all the legendary birds. I guess Ho-Os are just like chocolate treats. Yeah, a little Ho-Os. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's. But okay, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that you're right. That Psyduck is probably the most delicious of the Gen One Pokemon. Probably. Okay. Uh, so there you go. That's all right. Would you play this game? Uh, I would. Honestly, I feel like. It would just sort of be fun to be like, yeah, I'm going to roll a die and see if my Thundershock hits or whatever. Yeah, I feel like if I had some kids I had to run through a game, I'm glad I have this copy because this would be a fun thing to run some kids through. Super easy. Yeah. And Pokemon still popular enough that it's not like it'd be running some old kids game where you're like, oh, I don't actually care for that anymore. I mean, granted, it is still some old kids game. So you're going to have a lot of complaints about how they can't catch whatever fucking modern Pokemon they're so hopped up on. <laughs> all these kids are all hopped up on modern Pokemon. Why can't I f catch that dragon that's an aircraft carrier for smaller dragons? Because <laughs> fuck you, that's why. <laughs> Who are all these dinosaurs and not good dinosaurs? I mean, like in the old person sense, not Tyranitar or Tyrant. You know. You know, what I, you know the kind of dinosaur I'm describing because you are one, you boomer. <laughs> you know the kind of dinosaur I'm describing, the kind that should be in a Jurassic Park RPG. Which should exist completely, 100% should exist. So uh, say these imaginary uh, kids. 100 days, all time, forever, J Jurassic Park RPG. Jeff and John, Jurassic Park RPG, till the end of time. Never. 100 years. Never. What do you have against it? I just, I feel like you could do it as small campaign one-shot, mm -hmm. but... Man, if you keep trying to do a campaign in that, mm -hmm. that would be, that'd be difficult. Let me ask you, have you ever seen the Jurassic World Kids CG animated cartoon show? No, and I know, I, I know you have because the kid living in your house has way lower standards about daytime TV. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mine we'll won't just watch, watch anything. Absolute trash. Yeah. Just watch this garbage. And uh, no, I'm not, but that's not really what, I mean, I would still want to do kind of the same thing and set it. You know, like 30 years after a successful park was established, dinosaurs are somewhat more common, and maybe... There's never any breaks in the fences. You play as custodial at the park. Yeah, it's basically Zoo Tycoon, <laughs> but it's a role-playing game somehow. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. It works perfectly. Anyway, there you go. We'd both play the game. Uh, yeah. Especially, I'd, run, I'd be more likely to run it than play it, because I feel like this is a good game to run kids through, but yeah, it's a yes. Great. So anyway, uh, we do have a little bit of a problem that we're, we're coming to at this point, John. Uh, this game has no character creation. Yes, indeed. None at how, all. How could we possibly do our bonus content at patreon.com slash system mastery for the low price of a dollar where we make characters in the games we've just reviewed when we've reviewed a game with no character creation? Oh my goodness, it is a mystery, and I don't even know that we've necessarily solved it yet. We're just telling you it's a mystery, but good lord, don't worry, it will be solved. Oh, 
we're going to have characters that you guys will listen to. Don't you fret. That's what we do, and we'll do it again. So by all means, if you want to hear some Pokemon characters being made somehow, all you have to do is, as John mentioned, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery, support us at the low, low cost of the $1 level, and you'll unlock the bonus content where we make characters of the game we just reviewed and discuss further things about the game. In this case, we will have to be creative. Yes, which is terrible for us. No, we're not creative people. We're very by-the-book methodical types. Oh, yeah. Everything very standard, Mm -hmm. cookie-cutter. We stick to a plan. We've got an outline going in. That's how when we made those Gamma World characters, you ended up with an ambulatory fridge. Or I don't know. Parkour. Yeah, that was the one for my game I ran. The one you ended up with bonus content was the floating brain with a trucker hat. Yes, that was the bonus content. And then, of course, for the actual play of the game, I was an ambulatory basically vr vcr you were uh you were the vcr on on a little tray that they roll into the gym and it's raining and, and, yeah. and you're in elementary except school. i was yeah. virtual reality yeah <laughs> and i only had horror movies and notably you cannot possibly roll that in gamma world that took some uh by the book straightforwardness of oh yeah. yeah we play by the rules that's what we do well we find rules and we play by them that's right. Mm-hmm. The, the chief wants to call us into our office to congratulate us for going by the book. The mayor is not breathing down his neck. You saved 20 cars. <laughs> Let me give you a badge and a gun. You get an extra badge and gun. But now chief- you're two police officers. <laughs> but chief, I work I work with a partner. <laughs> well, you're getting a promotion to a new partner. Now get out of here. I don't need an antacid. <laughs> I feel so fine. Somebody get me a hero. I feel so elated. <laughs> uh, that's our that's our our cop movie. Yep. Two cops who cause no one any problems. <laughs> the chief is having no problems with the mayor or mm-hmm. his wife. We solved the crime the way you're supposed to. Yep. <laughs> well, chief, we just did a bunch of forensic analysis and it turned out that this one guy did it. Basically, we walked door to door until we found someone that witnessed it. And then, you know, we tracked people down. We did some standard police work. We did police work the way you're actually supposed to and not the way that we do right now where we, like, are a gang that defends their own property and doesn't stop any crimes or anything. Where we have a union that is basically going to say that if I murder a guy, my punishment is three months vacation paid. Yeah, no, we didn't do that, Chief. We did good by-the-book police work. We got called out for a mental health check on a guy, and we didn't shoot him when we got there or his dog on the way out. True. Yeah. Now, how uh, do we get medals or? Oh, we're, oh, we're fired. Oh, 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 oh yeah. I, okay. see. <laughs> I see. Never mind. This was a bad idea. We should not have made a buddy cop movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. No, all cops are buddies. Oh, my God. How have we not had this? A cab the movie. <laughs> all cops are buddies. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fact that that just hit me makes me so so happy like i don't think you understand the joy welling up in my soul right now (laughs) Uh, all right everybody we'll see you in the patreon if you're a cool person otherwise we'll see you in two weeks with yet more exciting system mastery content thank you so much for listening you all have a good one 